back to the IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real, Jim and Chris. We're not dead yet. We're still here <laughs> host, hosting your podcast. <laughs> We're not dead yet. That's a great way to start. Well, That's you know, an optimistic message for the I'm people. I'm just saying this is where it's a matter of just <laughs> factual observation. It's just a matter of years, says Jim. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's dive into the week that was in genre movie news before we're dead. That's um, true. Let's, uh, uh, Basically, there was a lot on the DC movies front this week. A lot yeah. of a lot of chit chat, a lot of chatter. Uh, let's start off with James Wan directing Aquaman, the director of Furious Seven, Saw, Insidious, The Conjuring. Now, uh, uh, I think it was Goldman and I did a whole conversation about you know what he brings to the table. I want to hear your thoughts on James Wan directing uh, officially. I like this. Nice. I mean, he's now proven he can do something, you know, with a huge scope and, you know, really, really big. The one thing that I think is a challenge for any director, outside of James Cameron, who was the <laughs> uh, director of the Aquaman movie in Entourage, as you remember. No, no mistake that this news drops <laughs> the week Entourage opens. Of course, Same of course. studio. Um, I have to be aware of it. I kind of feel like... Uh, the underwater thing is the biggest question mark for anybody because yeah. it's expensive, it's hard to manage, it's hard to shoot around, I think. Yeah. Um, and um, But I think he's up to the challenge. He showed a lot of different, you know, he, like he was able to work in a lot of different locales. And I thought he also had a really nice sort of like soft touch to the end of that movie. Yeah. Um, so like the human element, I think, was on point. And th that's a blockbuster movie. So yeah. like... You, you know, I, th I, th I think he's going to be good in that. He's also just a really swell guy. Yeah, we mentioned that, too. He's a, he is a really nice guy. And, um, uh, he also, though, you know, you touched on this a little bit. He, he does get decent performances out of his actors. Yeah. Every one of his movies, you know, uh, from the first Saw through to The Conjuring, you know, he uh, to the even Furious 7, there was, especially near the end, there was a lot of you know, very moving stuff. And it was, yes, it was just by virtue of the circumstances surrounding that movie too. But, you know, he is able to kind of bring out the best in, in his actors. So it's going to be interesting to see that element come into play in Aquaman. You know? Yeah, and I think that there was, you know, I think any any number of things could have happened with the end of that movie, and I just felt like it was perfect. It was like yeah. a light, it was like, not, I don't want to say it was a light touch, it was just like a perfect touch. And it was like well balanced. Everything that, everything that happened at the end of that, I was very happy with. So, But it's, I'm curious, it's going to be interesting because Aquaman's going to fit within that Justice League format. So in yeah. addition to coping with a big budget movie, there's also like world building that he's going to yeah. have to do. And so um, I, all those elements, you have to have a person who's used to juggling a lot of different things. And I think if Furious 7 wasn't a crash course in that, I don't know what yeah. it is. Um, and even handling, like, granted, he only directed the first Saw movie, but he did have a, a bit of a hand in the subsequent one. So uh, juggling a complicated mythology, I'm yeah. sure, is not exactly new I love, territory for I love him. that Saw is a complicated mythology now. It, it didn't start off as that. It did you know? not. It he did, did not. do the, uh, the, the, the zero budget, um, you know, first one. So yeah. this man has worked on everything. Like Insidious, he basically made that on his computer. You know, so it's, pretty amazing. He's come. He's come a long way. Uh, let's. Uh, well, we're curious what you guys think about James Wan directing. Let us know in the comments. Um, the DC news doesn't stop there, Chris. Oh, it no. never does. Uh, it's shant. There are so many shan't, movies coming out. It's shant not. Uh, President, uh, basically the film boss over at Warner Brothers, Greg Silverman, uh, said the following this week when uh, Hollywood Reporter talked to him about Wonder Woman. 
And, uh, you know, they have, basically what's going on with that one is they have multiple writers working on the same movie at the same time, writing different scripts. And this isn't the first time Warner Brothers has done this. They, they've done this in the past with their other DC movies. So it's a very factory approach. But he was asked about that, and he says, well, every project, every project is different. On some projects, we have multiple writers working together. In some cases, we put writers together who have never been a team together. And sometimes there is only one writer whose voice is right. In the case of Wonder Woman, the right approach was to have writers pitching different scenes within the framework we created. Um, recipe for a WTF. Movie. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting thing. I mean, there. Yeah, I mean, I, this is not, not. It's not unheard of. You yeah, know, it's like not it definitely has Fox has, has happened in a their, bunch of things. Movies, yeah. um, but. It's interesting. I think what you need in that case, if you're going to do that, is you need a just a really, really solid outline, and you need one person who can unify that script and it all comes in. Because yep. um, it's yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting approach. I will say this, and this is probably the most positive way you can frame it. Film is a collaborative medium in the first place. You know, there's a lot of people who work on these things. There's a lot of people who do this on rewrites. You know, it's yeah, like we're going to add, you know, like this piece and this piece and this piece. Then it goes to a different writer who adds this piece and this piece and this piece. They're kind of just doing that first and then smoothing it over. So there's all kinds of different ways you can make a movie. And he touched on like a lot yeah. of them right there. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I. In a way, though, it's kind of like if you had a bunch of different contractors working on your house. What's your house going to end up looking like? Where are all the problems going to be? You know, but that is the reality of a lot of houses. You know, yeah, like you have the plumber come in and the yeah. you know and the guy who puts in your hardwood floor. So I mean, yeah, like I said, it's collaborative. I'm I I'm I, I want to see what the sort of final result is, or yeah. even even a trailer. I think the trailer, the first trailer, will give us a sense of if this is heading in the right direction. Um, I've heard some good stuff from that movie already. I mean, I like the Chris Pine thing. Yeah, yeah, the Chris Pine thing is good. I mean, right now, I think the question mark is, what period is this movie going to be? Is it going to be yeah. set in the past? I've heard rumors of it being, you know, that Wonder Woman is hundreds of years old, as she should be if she's essentially a goddess, yeah. um, to it'll be a contemporary movie. And, you know, so we'll, ha we'll have to wait and see. Maybe come Comic-Con next month, we'll, we'll actually get some more answers. Yeah, I don't know if we'll, it's interesting because I don't know how much how many answers we're going to get for the solo DC movies. They could very well come out and be like, hey, we've got this and this and this yeah. and this. I do feel like at Comic-Con, this is just a gut feeling, I have nothing to go on. I do feel like we're going get to get to see all the characters that are going to be in Batman v Superman. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I do think we're going to get a sense of what Justice League looks they're, like. They're going to have to top what they did last year where they had Affleck, Cavill, and, and uh, Godot come out on stage and do a wave. Yeah. Um, and showed uh, a sizzle reel yeah. that some of what you saw in the, the the ultimate trailer. Do you think there's a chance could we get a second trailer by then? I think. I mean, I I, I think if you're going to target a second trailer, that's not a bad time to do it. But yeah. it's also a ways out. You know, yeah. the movie still it's has March. a uh, almost it was like close to a year until yeah. it comes out. So you don't want to drop trailers too frequently. But maybe maybe we'll just see little clips of them. Maybe we'll see character posters for everybody. Um, we've already seen, like, we already know well, what I four of see, them look like. Uh, I want to see Cyborg. Yeah. And I want to see Flash. Yeah, Flash would be and I think those are the two that you have to, at a certain point, you're going to have to reveal those guys, especially with um, the Flash TV show. You yeah. can't keep dodging that bullet, if you will. Like, you're gonna <laughs> you can have if to. you're really fast. <laughs> I guess so. Oh. oh, not if, well, no, yeah. no spoilers. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ryan's would.
Boltron, but no. <laughs> Anywho, um, so the film chief also had this to say uh, when asked about sort of the backlash against the, the, the dark tone of the Batman v Superman trailer. Uh, he said, there, um, you know, you know, is this basically what we're going to expect from the movies now? There is an uh, intensity and a seriousness of purpose to some of these characters. The filmmakers who are tackling these properties are making great movies about superheroes, and um, they aren't making superhero movies. And when you are trying to make a good movie, you tackle interesting philosophies and character development. There is also humor, which is an important part. Um, oh, that's a little bit of a backtrack, actually. Yeah. Oh, it, it reminds me of the superhero show did a uh, whole thing on like how many jokes did we think will be in Batman v Superman? <laughs> I think they settled on three. <laughs> I think that was their final count. So, yeah. it'll be uh, three chuckles. No, yeah. Nothing LOL. Um, but he also added. We have a great uh, strategy for the DC films, which is to take these beloved characters and put them in the hands of master filmmakers and make sure they all coordinate with each other. You'll see the difference when you see Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Justice League, and all the things that we're working on. Uh, how does that leave you? I mean, I feel like I'm really excited about what I've seen from Suicide Squad already. Um, Batman v Superman, I'm a little bit like, Wait and see. I want to see. I'm on the fence about that one. Yep. Everything else is like just too far out to know. Yeah. Like Wonder Woman, there's as many question marks as there are. Like, yeah. well, really, we have the image of her, and we know the yeah. director, and we have some ideas. I'd like to even know like which Green Lantern are you using? I mean, it sounds yeah. like it's going to be Hal Jordan, but you know, a lot of fans want John Stewart. So I think someday we'll see John Stewart. I don't think it's necessarily going to be in this incarnation, and it might just be. It might be that we. Uh, well, I, I don't think this is actually going to be the case. But I was like, maybe when we get to the Green Lantern movie, it'll be John Stewart because of things that happen in the Justice League. Wouldn't movies. that be interesting Could to see? Cool. You know, what if Hal Jordan bites it? You know, something bites the big one as that's they say. right. Uh, the, <laughs> taking a dirt nap. <laughs> Uh, night train to the big adios. <laughs> Worm food. Um, all right, let's move on from that and uh, start talking about some Marvel stuff because God knows they have enough to going on their plate. Oh, one thing before we leave, I forgot to mention James Wan, according to the Hollywood Report, is also directing the Robotech movie. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, oh, and by the way, oh yeah, Robotech also, and he's still doing Conjuring too. So busy, which I guess you know they had an option according to one report. Uh, Universal did to have them do Furious 8, but pretty much, yeah. no. That's I was going to say, like, Furious 8, you know, um, now we, we know the date and everything because yeah. of uh, Diesel tweeting that out. There's just no way. They, get a, no they way need to get the, uh, I want to see the John Wick guys or Gareth Evans who did the race. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. I think I think those guys, um, you know, each of those guys needs to get a bigger What if it's the guys who did Crank, Neville Dean and Taylor? Uh, Although they kind of broke up. I think, I think they probably won't do that because... You know, I don't think you know, Ghost Rider 2 was all that well received, and cr there's Crank 2. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, we have a review on the site, sort of famously, that is uh, very high. But, um, but you know, like I don't think they there was like much cachet in Hollywood for those guys after Ghost Rider yeah, 2. Yeah. And so, and yeah, the, with the break. They still get into the IGN party. Though, <laughs> I remember <laughs> at one point. Um, I, I, I would, I would say the raid guys, perfect. Yeah, would be great I think he'd be awesome because just you saw some of the the the, the car stunt work too, and I think it was raid too. Um, yeah. that was amazing. So yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to see those guys kind of work in a on a larger palette. Um, so let's move on to some Marvel stuff. 
we're probably podcast luck being what it is. <laughs> oh yeah. We will probably have our Spider-Man star and director uh, after this thing. Posts. Fifteen minutes after we wrap this yep. thing, Spider gonna, News. This gonna is gonna the law of the down. podcast. I um, had an idea today, and I yes. shared it with you. But what if they call the new Spider-Man movies Spidey? I like it. I think. Nice, I, well, here's here's. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to do this. I have no I, no reason to think this, but they want to make it uh, more of a humorous tone. It sounds like in the standalone movies. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that that's my big concern actually with Asa Butterfield is that he's just too serious. We've only seen him be serious. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, maybe he's just the slap happiest guy in person, and <laughs> yeah. we just haven't seen that side of him where he's just like. You know, he just keeps them coming, and we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Asa Butterfield and and um, Tom Holland are the two front runners, according to the Hollywood right. Reporter, uh, and I think Deadline had this too. And then the although this kid uh, Charlie Rowe is still in, in the in the kind of maybe has a shot, but it's down to those two guys. What's the likelihood? All three of those are British guys, I think. We've seen this happen before where everybody thinks the front runners are like one or two people, and then all of a sudden somebody completely... But it happened with Chris Evans and Captain America. I we mean, felt like totally undercut It was that. supposed to be like Garrett Hedlund was up for it, and then mm -hmm. it was like, well, he didn't want to test for it. We'll get to Garrett Hedlund in a bit here. We'll get some news about that, but... You know, then Chris Evans came in yeah. and, uh, yeah, kind of wrapped that up. Kind of late in the game and, and just, you know, stepped in and took And now I can't imagine anyone else yeah, playing yeah. it, you know? I was, I was really um, wishing for, like, back in the day, Josh Duhamel to do it. I thought he would yeah, have a good choice. Yeah, but I think now it's like yeah, Chris it's Evans cool. is yeah. so Captain America, I can't think of anything um, else. And then, like, on the, uh, on the directing front for Spider-Man, the two front runners are Ted Melfi, who did... Uh, St. Vincent, which hmm. was a Melissa McCarthy, Bill Murray uh, dramedy. Yeah. And then hey. Jonathan uh, Levine, who did 50-50 um, and Warm Bodies. Right. And uh, he's kind of the one I'm, I'm pushing for. And he's, he's circled, I think he was up for, possibly for Ant-Man when Edgar Wright left. Yeah, well, who wasn't actually? Yeah. There was a line of you like 155 right. people yeah. outside the Marvel door when that happened. But um, yeah, I think, um, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I feel like the Mark, he's actually kind of, we, we were talking before about how like the first guy is more like Mark Webb, but they're both kind of like Mark Webb actually. Both, like you know, more from the indie scene and stuff. Like 50-50 was, you know, kind of like, um, what is it, 500 days of summer, 300 yeah, days of summer? 500. <laughs> 500, okay. Yeah. Um, 500 days of summer is kind of like, it, you know, it's around that level of movie and right. then your next project. I mean, his next project was, more intermediate than that, you know, like yeah. Warm Bodies is definitely a step up from that. Yeah, and it's um, a genre movie and it balanced, you know, genre elements with comedy and romance and I could see that working like in Spidey's favor, you know, I, th I think you look at a template like that and you see how he can kind of do the Spidey Mary Jane or uh, Spidey and Gwen. I feel like romance is the one thing that worked in all of those Spider-Man movies. Yeah. You know, I felt like they got it right roughly in all of them. I mean, I think they could deepen that a little bit if they wanted to. Um, you but think uh, they're going to go to the Mary Jane version in this one and s just skip over Gwen since that's so amazing Spider-Man? I think right now with the way that Gwen is, um, you know, in the Marvel comics and Gwen has become like Spider-Gwen and there's yeah. all that Gwen Stacy stuff out there, I feel like they probably want to separate themselves a little bit from that, okay. you know, because I just feel like, or maybe, or maybe what they're thinking is we don't want to separate that yeah. because we could use Spider-Gwen down the line 
if you know so if, if actually, they ever develop it that I much. I want to ask you, dear readers, uh, what do you? Who would you prefer to be the uh, the female lead in the? And I don't mean actress-wise, but throw those comments in if you want to. But tell us, would you rather Mary Jane, hmm. Gwen Stacy? Because remember, Peter Parker is going to be in high school in this one. Uh, so it's not like you're probably gonna get Black Cat or anything, so. I, I would love to see Black Cat, though, brought in because I think that's the one character in the Spidey-verse that we were hoping to get from some of the, like, yeah, Sony the, movies. Well, that, it I was mean, kind I mean, of. These are still Sony movies. But. It was sort of uh, hinted that maybe um, uh, Felicia uh, Jones. Oh, yeah, Felicity uh, Jones. Felicity Jones's uh, character was, uh, was, was supposed to be Felicia Hardy. Um, so that never quite happened. But, it's you know. really interesting that we never got Mary Jane in this last movie. Like she got cut out. Yeah, it was, and it was supposed to be Shailene it, Woodley. Yeah, we would have had Shailene, Shailene Woodley as kind of just like this Mary Jane hanging yeah. out in the breeze, you know, yeah. like that never really. Well, it's got amazing. To see Everybody in the, in the Insurgent franchise has ended up essentially with a superhero. <laughs> Jai true. Courtney as Captain Boomerang. Shailene Woodley was almost Mary Jane. Uh, um, Miles Teller's Mr. Fantastic. Yep. All we need now is Theo James to get a gig. It'll happen someday. Yeah. Um, so let us know, Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy, who do you want to see mm. as the female lead in the new Spider-Man movies? Um, now, Martin Freeman, some rumors about his character in, Avenger, uh, in Captain America Civil War. We know he's going to be in Black Panther as well. Now, we initially thought he was going to be this sort of uh, UN expert on Wakanda. That was the rumor. However, a new rumor, as rumors are want new to have, they rumor. pop up like whack-a-mole, uh, <laughs> is that he is playing the English Prime Minister, and he was referenced in a phone call with Ulysses Claw in Avengers Age of Ultron. Hmm. Um, and that he is kind of a villain of sorts then in both Civil War and um, Black Panther because, uh, again, spoiler, I guess if uh, these rumors pan out, but like, there will be some sort of incident on British soil that either hurts soldiers or the population and kind of sparks a lot of this movement uh, in civil war of like, mm. we have to do something about superheroes. So obviously you would need a, a major political figure to kind of step up and essentially the British prime minister is kind of, you know, would do that. They're gonna bring, they're gonna quickly bring in and kill Captain Britain. <laughs> for like 15 We're seconds. We're here, lads. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you, know? you just, you just Actually, like, I would love to see Union Jack. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. That would be kind of fun. Uh, <clears throat> although there was an early incarnation of the Union Jack character in the uh, Howling Commandos and, oh, and right. uh, First Avenger. Um, so that's the rumor about how Martin Freeman might, might work into it. Another rumor, Marvel rumor. We got rumors galore today. Rumors galore. Thank you, Internet. Uh, Charlize Theron, maybe? as Captain Marvel with Angelina Jolie directing. Wow. I think Charlize Theron is actually a great choice for that character. Yeah, that's a power <coughs> duo too. Like that's an actual, uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a pretty good combination That's a great one-two punch yeah. right yeah, there. Sure. You're gonna be, uh, and that's, you know, it would be great to see, uh, I think Charlize Theron's got the, the, the clout, the gravitas, the acting chops, everything, the look of the character. She can do humor. <coughs> humor, drama, action, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you weren't sold on that watching Aeon Flux, I don't know what movie you were watching. <laughs> yeah, Aeon Flux is just also yeah. the perfect encapsulation of what Aeon Flux was in on MTV. It was just, yeah. it, was, it was like you're watching the same thing, just translated to live And it's action. also, I remember being in Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con and they showed 
footage from that. And that crowd went wild. They just love that that clip from that movie. <coughs> and I'm thinking, really? yeah, and I'm thinking, what the hell are you guys watching that I'm not seeing? <laughs> of course, time justified my point of view, but just saying Hall H isn't always the best barometer for yeah. how a thing is going to end up going over. Well, I feel like we've, we've um, Hall H is the big, the big hall at Comic-Con, if you guys don't know. Um, and I, I feel like um, studios have kind of shied away from the reaction now from Hall H determining yeah. their plans because I feel like for a while everybody's like, oh, if it's received well there, then we're going to do yeah, well. they've and then, been burned on a few. Yeah, and then some things come out and you get a false sense of hope about what your project's going to do. Movies like uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, 300 was the one that that reaction and that, that helped started made that it. movie. Hollywood's like, okay. I was in that room. Do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw it, yeah. It was electric. <coughs> that Excuse that me. was like one of the, that was one of the best ways I've ever seen a trailer yeah. because it was just like, it was like seeing a trailer at the Super Bowl, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> it like really was. Everybody was like just ecstatic seeing that thing. They played it like two or three times. It yeah. was just, it was out of control. And it was one hell of a trailer. Oh, I mean, yeah, it was a yeah. really, really good trailer and we hadn't seen much like that before. But, um, but yeah, you can get these false reactions like yeah. and Flux, like... Uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim, I think, is a good film. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had advertising everywhere for giant, like, huge hotel-sized um, banners for that movie. That's a lot of money spent on marketing. Oh, yeah. And you were basically just sing to the choir on yeah. that one. And uh, what is it, sing to the choir, sing? Yeah. Uh, preaching to the preaching congregation. Preaching to the choir. Preaching to the choir. Whatever, yeah, I don't whatever. know. Whatever. So, um, preaching to the converted. Yeah. Converting so. the restless. I don't know. <laughs> I know. That's my butter. That Who knows? <laughs> That's your way of getting us out of this <laughs> downward spiral. Um, so, yeah, uh, be uh, curious to see sort of who ends up becoming involved in, in Captain Marvel. And I all love that ones. idea. You love that idea? Yeah. I think so. Up. I mean, I, you know, we, didn't, we hadn't thought of it. I feel like we hadn't discussed that. She's been, she's been suggested before by fans, and, and I think she's actually... Especially coming off of Fury Road, a movie that has so much fan love and yeah. and that she has personally received so many accolades. Yeah, just for positivity. This is like the right time to like get her now, you know. Yeah, and and you know I feel like this is this is probably like it, it, like Captain Marvel is probably timed pretty well <coughs> for this as well. Yeah, because yeah. it's like a couple. It's like, a, when is it start shooting? Like maybe next year, probably? Yeah, it's, it's a, oh, what the hell is it? Is it 2017 or 2019? Yeah, so it's probably going to shoot yeah. next year. There's so many of these things, I can't keep all the dates right. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's I, I feel like I have to walk around with like a little sheet of paper with all the release dates on it just to I be know. like, ah. Uh. There's a, uh, just a quick thing about Guardians 2. Uh, James Gunn has turned in uh, his first draft for it, and Chris Pratt has kind of made, made some jokey comments about how like, you know, he doesn't want them coming to Earth. He doesn't want to have to be saving Cleveland. Like, he wants to, like, <laughs> stay in space. Um, speaking of, of first drafts getting turned in, Star Trek Three mm -hmm. is supposed to start filming in four weeks in Vancouver, according to Simon Pei, who is co-writing the script. And they just turned in the first draft of that. Um, I'll say this about scripts in Hollywood. Time to bite your nails a little bit on this one? Nah. They shoot first drafts all the time. <laughs> Yeah, well, they, they do. They do. That's they, I why. Mean, that's why Shyamalan is where he is right now. Although Wayward Pines is getting. I don't know though. Like I, I feel like a lot of movies that are probably like some people's favorite movies don't have tight scripts going into production. They yeah. have a script or an outline, and some of the some of the stuff that you really know and love is not 
necessarily there when they start. But <laughs> but it always helps to have a really good framework, and that is a little scary just, when you're Yeah, I mean, just in. maybe having sort of your basic, I don't know, it just, it's not, it's not instilling a lot of confidence in me. They, on one hand, like, Simon Pegg has said both the best things and the worst things about this project. <laughs> he, he, is, he said, oh, we're going to go back to what the show is about and everything. And, and then by the same token, he also said the original script was thrown out because it was too Star Trek-y and they wanted it to be more like Avengers. Mm. You're like, well, which is it, man? Yeah, well, I'm, maybe it'll be, I, I actually feel like the J.J. <coughs> the Abrams one, the first one, was kind of in the middle, probably, yeah. probably a little bit more towards Avengers than Star Trek, but yeah. that is what kind of got that movie-going audience back, right? and then that's some of the faith I think they lost. And then in the, the second, second one. one, though, too, what, and we've talked about this before, was fan service, but in the, the worst way possible, fan yeah. service that fans rejected harshly. I feel like it was misguided fan service and, and I don't think, I honestly this is a topic for another time, but I don't think that fan service is always even a good idea. Yeah. I feel like it, you get too bogged down in doing it sometimes yeah. and and then it's just you, it, that's why that's why I don't get so concerned about things changing when when they change a character or something. It's like you have to trust these filmmakers know what they're doing and what right. is going to work for the screen as opposed to what's going to work. Like, I, do you remember there was like a backlash even about like um, magic being uh, explained away as science and yeah, Thor? Everybody sure, yeah. was like, oh my God, it's, no, it's got to be magic. Why and it's can't like, they just be gods? And it's like there's a, one line in the movie, you know, yeah. that like kind of explains it and then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it wasn't like that. it was necessarily against, you know, strictly against Ken. I mean, he just simply said, what we what we have is technology you see is magic because you simply don't get it. You yeah, know? yeah. It's and like uh, so yeah, I'll say this though: magic is the bloodstream of the universe. Is that He Man or Willow? Forget all you know. Oh, and it's it's Willow. Okay. So, ye old... I, thought you, I knew you were doing uh, some sort of Billy Barty. <laughs> yeah, ye old Billy Barty. Yeah, Billy Barty. He was uh, what was the little rat-eared guy, the Yoda wannabe, and He Man again oh. with that. It was like he had the Yoda ears, but that. Buddy of Fat Albert's kind of mask. Yeah, thing. he looked kind of like the troll thing from um, Labyrinth. I, it wasn't <laughs> Orko, was it? Because they didn't do Orko. Something like that. I, you it know, honestly, some, it's been so long since I've seen Masters of the Universe. I gotta it's admit, it's okay. kind of it's it's kind of a guilty pleasure. Uh, Frank Langella is in that. He's yeah. Skeletor, which is just amazing. Skeletor and Nixon. Um, let's. That's right. Uh, oh, one last thing about Trek 3, Justin Lin, the director, who did Furious 3 through 6. Soon all movies in Hollywood will be directed, will be directed by directed former by Jer- yeah. Fast and Furious characters. <laughs> he said that, um, he's a huge Star Trek fan, uh, and he said that they want to go back to, they want to embrace the spirit of the original show and actually see them on their five-year mission and encountering new life forms and new civilizations. And he said that they're going to use a new, they're creating new species in this movie. They're not going, so it's not going to be Klingons or Romulans or anything they've seen. So when I hear things like that, then I get excited. I, I just like sort that. of wish like maybe, maybe Simon Pegg's words were twisted or maybe he just, I don't know. But it's, it's, there is a bit of passive aggression in there too. Like you're kind of digging the studio a little bit and yet you're also trying to protect their product too at the same time. It's a weird line to walk between, in the media, to walk between making sure you don't say something that's gonna offend the studio and making sure you don't say something that's gonna offend fans, you know, because there's always that like outcry and I think people like Simon Pegg are really, um, they have been 
the recipients of much fan love over the years, yeah. you know, and so it's like... And also one of the most public faces of it, of fandom of and, of the geek and proponents culture, of yeah. it. Yeah. Which is, um, which is kind of a, like a tough mantle to carry because it's just, you know... Kind I, of a thankless mantle, there, too. Well, there's just a lot of, a lot of opinions about these, these projects and everybody's really passionate about them. So it's like you're bound to run into some kind of static at some right, point. Right, right. And uh, I don't know. I, I, of that, I that, don't love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that fine line um, uh, that film, uh, filmmakers have to straddle between fans and... And dealing with the studio, uh, is it Colin Trevorrow? Is that how you say mm -hmm. it? The director of Jurassic World. He's been, you know, doing a lot of press recently, and I gotta say, some of his comments are kind of like elbows at at the studio a little bit, like criticizing the trailers. He didn't like the trailers that were released. Criticizing releasing that <clears throat> clip that got that sort of like sexist label put on put on it, and he mm. had some comments that he made at some overseas uh, junkets recently, where he was saying like that scene was the wrong one to be the first one to release because he goes, we deconstruct all of that as the movie goes on, you know? And I think right. what he's saying is, yeah, he comes across as like a sexist dork or dolt in that scene, but he's gonna learn his lesson and she is the main character and she's a strong woman and all that. So, so but I, I, I was kind of struck by like, well, if that's true, I mean, you know, you know and he like, did say he's not doing the next ones. I'm actually wonder, like, maybe he wasn't too happy. I, yeah, it's know. a possibility, but you know, I think this is like a a, a decades long struggle that directors have with the studios. You know, especially it's like, on a franchise, something you don't really own, something you put your like heart and soul into, and then if you feel like it's not representing your vision in in the in the things that's actually selling the movie, then I think it creates that f internal friction for you like oh this is not this is not my vision or yeah. people are taking this wrong and then you know ultimately people do blame the director they're like yeah. oh this guy's sexist because this is what his character looks like and you can take anything from a trailer out of context good mm -hmm. or bad i mean yeah, look at the way all we the all time. thought about episode 1 you know, like everything was taken out of context. We're like, this is going to be the movie yeah. that changes humanity. <laughs> well, and you know, there's didn't. just, uh, it, it, there's a lot of, um, uh, it's, this is probably a, maybe this is a half-ass analogy, but it must be like if you're, you're a guy and you're storing this awesome old muscle car, whatever, some beautiful car, right? You put all this work into it, but you don't own it ultimately. Like you did this, you made this, and then, the guy who actually owns it and drives off with it, <laughs> like just I don't know, uses it in the drive by. I don't know, <laughs> like so I don't know. I like the <laughs> drive by. They yeah. have the drive by but just like, happened. You know, it's an old timey thing. He actually has a Tommy gun <laughs> in his drive by. But like you know, it's it, it just you 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 you're trying to craft something, and it is mechanical. But there's a beauty to it too, an artistry to it, and yet. Ultimately, you don't own it, you know? Yeah, well, trust me. I mean, if, if Jurassic World comes out and is, like, the best Jurassic Park movie since the first one, you know, there there is an artistry to doing something like that. Yeah. There is just, like, you know, like, putting your stamp on a franchise. I know a lot of people like to hate on us for our opinions on Iron Man 3, but that is the perfect... That is the perfect like signature on a franchise. It's like that it's director a Shane saying, Black movie. Th that director saying, "This is my movie." Shane Black made this movie, but within the framework of this franchise, that is, you and know, it fit Iron Man. within that. I mean, I thought so too. And yeah. A lot of people disliked it, and I think that's the reason it doesn't feel like completely. I think it's only it's only going to get more and more divisive as we go forward on comic oh, for sure. stories. It's going to be love or hate. There's an, uh, the the in between is going to be just it, it's. You already look online now. 
now, and and there's no there's no room for a nuanced opinion. <laughs> yeah. And it was it wasn't like the internet was a, a haven of that to begin <laughs> with, but it really is getting more and more just divisive. And and so yeah, I mean, look at everything: Iron Man three, Man yeah. of Steel, Dark Knight Rises. It used to be now. love or hate. Now it's almost like yes, it's like. Uh, Right or wrong, almost. Yeah. It's like it's it's not there's even almost just like, like there's I a love moral, this. Uh, a, a, a moral kind of um, stamp put yeah. on these things now, and it's like no, it's just a movie. Yeah, it's you not know? just like I like this or I love this. It's like you are right if you like this, and you are wrong <laughs> you if are you wrong don't. You are wrong for everything like in this world. If yeah, you like and it's it. weird. It's really weird, and it, that label gets applied all the time online. I see it, and it's like you're right. If you come if you come there with a, like a middle of the road opinion, it's like well, choose a side. Like that's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the mentality. It's like oh, I don't want to choose a side. I actually <laughs> I feel like there's positives <laughs> and negatives here. Um, let's let's move on from that and talk about. Tron 3 got canceled. Oh no. At the end of last week. Um, uh, while it hadn't been greenlit, it was supposed to go before cameras this fall with Garrett Hedlund and Olivia Wilde back in their respective roles from, from Tron Legacy and the same director, Joseph Kaczynski, back to direct as well. And Disney pulled the plug and one, I think it was a Hollywood reporter, basically kind of speculated that it was the, the, the financial disappointment of Tomorrowland, another science fiction oh. thing, uh, making them wary of moving ahead. Where, what, do you, what do you think? Are you gonna miss <laughs> Tron 3 not happening? I, I, I think we talked about this before. Um, actually, somebody tweeted at me, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who did, um, because uh, I, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't thinking along those lines when we sat down to talk about this, but. Somebody's like, oh, you know, that movie's worth it for the visuals and soundtrack alone. Which got me to thinking, do you ever go see movies purely for visuals? Do you ever go see a movie for a reason other than to see a good story? Yeah, maybe an and IMAX it, movie you would see at like a museum of science or something. And is that enough ever? Like, No, is, I'm too much of a story guy. I mean, I just, that's my background is in writing and... and I love going to live theater. I love movies, but like I have to be invested. Yeah, I'm not asking for everything to be some, you know, the greatest thing ever made. That's another <laughs> one that gets like right. if you criticize something that's a popcorn flick, suddenly you want an, uh, an Oscar movie. It's like, no. <laughs> you look back at like movies like Jaws, Happy 40th Birthday, by the way, Jaws, that's coming up. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Star Trek II, Empire Strikes Back. They're all good stories. Yeah. They're well written. Yeah, it's true. Um, you know, that's all I'm asking for is you know, not hack work. Is there a movie that's pure spectacle with no story or with like a laughable story that you're really into that you can think of? Mm. Because I was trying to think of this when I was actually posed, when I saw this tweet, I was like, huh. Pure spectacle. Like, the, I don't Is know if there's a, ever been a movie where I was just like, I, I really liked it for this. You know, I'll say I was interested mm. in um, Sin City 2 for that reason because I was like it's interesting to revisit that world I really like that look and feel yeah. of the original Sin City and it was kind of like the second one didn't do it for me but it was yeah. fun to see the visuals it was like fun to like revisit that world in a way yeah. I just didn't feel like it was a I could have settled for experience. a music video though of that too like Ooh. if you're gonna do yeah. that then like I don't know um, and maybe maybe it is maybe it's just the form like film is more of a narrative form and something yeah. like a music video is more like this is a sense poem enjoy for what it is, you know. Um, I mean, is there any hope for trial? Like some fans have even started a petition. No, There's no I, hope for it. I, mean, I don't think so. I mean, it might be one of those things that they revisit and reboot again like 20 years from now. Uh, but I don't... I've never done that. But I don't... 
I, 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 we were like dubious on the need for it in the first place. We were yeah. like, you know, after Tron 2, there was just not enough um, support yeah. for it. And I feel like it's, it's, it's similar to like when you're sitting there waiting around to see if your favorite TV show is going to be renewed. And yeah. you just see those ratings aren't, aren't quite there and aren't quite there. I kind of feel that way too, and I'm going to catch hell for this, but about Pacific Rim too. Yeah, you I mean, know, like, I, I mean, that's another one where did okay domestically, kind of disappointing, but uh, internationally it made money, so it justifies the sequel. But now it's going to be this many years later. Like, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if in a couple, you know, Pacific Rim Two gets the plug pulled on it. It might point. be, and, and and it's it's another one of those in that category of Guillermo del Toro projects, which is he is always like developing a bunch of stuff at the same time, and. Uh, more power to him, but a lot of that stuff does fall by the wayside over yeah. time, and yeah. and I think that you know it might happen, it might not happen. I I actually think that Pacific Rim um, that might be an example of one of those movies all visuals and yeah you know, the narrative was I, I was surprised at that because of you know the Guillermo you get and we've talked about this before too, but like the Spanish language movie Guillermo, I master a tale of two Guillermos exactly, and then the Hollywood Guillermos. That is more the eye candy guy, like I, you know. And I thought Pacific Rim. I just I didn't care about any of those characters. I thought, in fact, I didn't think it was any better than an Emmerich movie. Oh. I'm sorry, and I got a little <laughs> hell back in the day when I first saw the trailer and I said that. But you yeah. know, I thought it was kind of as brainless as one of those. And um, but it looked cool. Yeah, I feel like um, I don't mind. I, I actually really love it that he is this. Dichotomy that yeah. there is this like um, playful holiday, Hollywood side, and then there's this because it's more of a reflection of a full person, right? Yeah. Like, I like to eat a Twinkie, but I will also go for a you know a 10 course tasting menu at a, a high end restaurant, you know, like both of those things are that Twinkie are fun, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the deconstruction of the Twinkie, no, but like both of those experiences are fun to me, and I think that is. It's similar, like, you're going to listen, you know, you're going to go to the symphony, and then you're going to listen to freaking Ace of Bass, you know, like, <laughs> I just had to bring Ace of Bass wow. into the conversation. Wow. I just, go. I went back a ways on that one. That's, uh, All that she that, wants that, is another I, baby. Listen, She's gone I, tomorrow. Listen, I saw the sign, wasn't that, Deb? Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm dropping Ace of Bass references. There we go. In, uh, in, I don't even know. Like, Guillermo del Toro just got compared to Ace, Ace of, of Bass. Bass. Sorry, you heard buddy. it here first, people. Guillermo. <laughs> I can't control this guy. Yeah, <laughs> no reason to. Um, let's, uh, let's just, I'm going to rattle off some news items real quick. Uh, Sony's distribution rights for the Bond franchise expire with Spectre, which comes out whoa, in the whoa. States in November. Um, the, head of, the new head of Sony, Tom Rothman, sure didn't seem like he was all that charged about keeping them. He's like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, we'll fight for them, but you know, we've had a good run and a lot of people want them. I'm like, um, <laughs> it's kind of like one of your only crown jewels. You want to hold on to this sh stuff, you know? You know he's no Peter Cetera. I am the man <laughs> who will fight for your honor. I'm yeah. I thought you said Peter Cetera there from Slash Film for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I was no, like, Peter wait a minute, does he have to do this? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I was like, Tom, uh, don't you kind of want to hold on to this baby? You guys have done a great yeah. job with it. I think Sony has done a wonderful job with, uh, with the highest earning Bond movies. 
the classiest ones they've made in a generation. I feel like they, um, they like I, I, I think they will fight hard for them. I think that might be like a tone Some of the question. scuttlebutt though is that the, the head of MGM, now Eon Productions, uh, Broccoli and Wilson, they, they, they control creatively what happens with the Bond movies, but Bond it, it, it is essentially owned by MGM. Right. MGM is in a partnership with, with Sony. Uh, that partnership, uh, distribution partnership that expires with Spectre. Well, the head of MGM is buddy buddies with the guy who runs Warner's. Mm. And now they're thinking Warner's has the inside track on getting it. I don't know if Bond, if that's a good home for Bond because he's going to have to be, it is going to have to be competing for kind of marketplace with all these other Warner's franchises. This, this, the smorgasbord of DC movies that are yeah. peppered throughout the year. Harry Potter trilogy spin-offs, by the way, Eddie Redmayne confirmed as Newt Scamander. Newt. Get that out of the way. Um, you know, and then all these Lego movies. Yeah. That doesn't really sound like Bond is gonna be, he's running the chance of being an afterthought. Well, you know, Warner Brothers does love a franchise, and I think that um, would be a good it would be a good get for them actually, whether it's a good fit or not. Um, Warner Brothers actually, there is a little precedent. They put out Never Say Never Again, which was the non-canonical Bond movie. Right. That whole long story. Look it up online. I think we've written about it before, yeah. but like. Basically, the guy who made Thunderball kind of co-wrote it with Ian Fleming, the creator of Bond. He held on to the rights, yada, yada, goes on for years. And he essentially did uh, a remake of Thunderball with Never Say Never Again. Yeah. And so Warner Brothers put it out. So would it be the first Bond movie they put out? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, as long as they do right by the series, whoever does yeah. it. You know, there's MGM behind it, and then there's, there's you know, Eon. And Every MGM and Warner Brothers also worked on The Hobbit movies. So. Yeah. You know, there is there is an existing partnership there, so so we'll see. It does kind of sound, and also apparently, like the hack, the Sony hack, hurt that relationship because a lot of emails about uh, issues they had with the Spectre script and the script itself got out online. So there might just Good be times. some hurt feelings there of being like, all right, let's go with somebody else. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Also going on at Sony, Dark Tower movie, uh, reportedly a new writer director attached. Uh, Nikolai uh, Arcel, I think is how you say it. He's a guy who did, directed um, uh, A Royal Affair, and he co-wrote the original Swedish Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movie. Yeah. I so, feel like yeah. that, uh, like the how many iterations of people can that project go through until we finally. That's going to be an interesting documentary one day. That'll be like the the uh, um, the one they made about Dune last year. Oh so, yeah, you know? Jodorowsky's Dune. You know, yeah. it'll be interesting to see sort of like the long road. It's <laughs> a really that. long road, and like that 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 book is so the cinematic. Those books too. are really cinematic, you know. And, and it's like, gonna still have a TV component too. It just so. seems like a huge no-brainer, and like I can't believe that it's taken so long to get this. And also, like going. you know, the It movie sounds like it's basically fallen by the wayside. We talked about that recently, but like. Yeah, it's it, it to me it's kind of interesting that if Dark Tower ends up happening but it doesn't and it just seems like a little bit easier to kind of sell kids creepy childhood killer clown What's Stephen King going to do for money? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but if you see him outside of your local Jack in the Box, help a brother out, you know. Just buy him some jalapeno poppers and A <laughs> um, couple other just news items going to rattle off Disney. Oh, uh, one oh. more Sony thing. Yes. The Sony hack. 
Oh, getting a documentary. Getting a documentary as That's well. That's going to be interesting. That's going to, you know, I, I'd be curious to see sort of how deep down that rabbit hole do they go. I, you know, it's interesting because I don't know what they've told their employees, whether they've made them sign NDAs on like, you know, talk internal stuff, you know, like, yeah. it's really interesting. Like, I, I, you know, it seems like the climate there was very like, I was just crazy because people were having to work off of notebooks and, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of stuff that it went on like around the It was like the 90s. <laughs> you actually like had 80s. to use a phone and go down and talk to somebody yeah. and write things on paper. Yeah, I know. Maybe look something up in a book. I don't know. It's, <laughs> they don't even have books how, in a certain You know, how, how they didn't end up just having two sticks starting a fire, I don't know. They did. You, uh, it would be awesome if they went down there and it was like... and it, it was <laughs> The like, bloody palm print and somebody's... <laughs> it's like Lord of the Fly style stuff. Sony know? is like right down the street from yeah, where, where yeah. our office is. So we... We, we run into... Uh, I, I run into one of my, my publicist friends over there pretty regularly at the same coffee shop every morning. Nice. You know? Yeah. So... <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, yeah, so Disney, you know, they're turning all their cartoon stuff into live action movies now. One thing, another one they have in development, uh, this one from the producer of the hit movie Cinderella, which I believe has passed uh, $500 million nice. worldwide, uh, is a live action version of Night on Bald Mountain, bum, bum, that, bum, that bum. sequence from Fantasia with the big, you know, double looking guy. Is it Cherubog or whatever his name is? I don't know, is that his name? Cherubog? Cherubog, you know? So that's going to be, that's in development. Clint Eastwood's follow up to American Sniper is going to be about Captain Sully. Sully Sullenberger, the guy, the hero pilot, Miracle in the Hudson, landed the plane on the Hudson River a couple of years back. Nobody got killed. It was kind of the basis for <laughs> flight, except they made him a booze hound who kills people. You know. Cocaine at it, whatever. <laughs> you know? But cool. uh, yeah, this one's going to be a bit more of a, 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 a Valentine, if you May, will. Maybe a heroic pilot. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and yeah, then, nicer take. And then I love uh, flight, though, I have to say. Like, I didn't like you flight. D- oh, you didn't? care for it. Jim uh, over here with the opinions. Yeah, I didn't care for it. I love, <laughs> the, I love that sequence with the plane. I mean, eye candy sequence there. Of horror, like if you were ever scared of flying, not, you know. Oh, man. But uh, I want to j- jump into some other stuff uh, real quick. The Rock is going to star in a remake, Big Trouble in Little China. And The Rock is coming off of his biggest solo weekend ever at the box office with, uh, with San Andreas. Yeah. So what do you think about The Rocks is being our new Jack Burton? Oh my God, that movie, I feel like so many people are so protective of that movie and it's like sacrilegious to <laughs> even remake it at all. And and a lot of people are saying, how could you make that movie better or even do it justice? The Rock, by the way, gets involved in some of these uh, remake situations. Yeah. Like these like, yeah. these like franchise uh, He's you know, the franchise, franchise starters or whatever. Stuff. Yeah, and he, yeah, he does jump in there. I... I mean, on I understand why he's a good choice for that if yeah. you're going to reboot that movie, but I kind of, this is the one time I'm usually like, oh, yeah, yeah, you should reboot that movie. I'm not even that beholden to yeah. um, that film, but, like, it just seems like, who who is this for? Because you're going to yeah. piss off the loyal following. I don't feel like We're all many in people are going to embrace it. To middle age. I mean, yeah. honestly, uh, you uh, you youngins out there, do you know Big Trouble in Little China? Do you care about it? Does it mean anything to you? Let us know in the comments. We're kind of curious. He's got the he's got that charisma that will work in oh, a mo- yeah. in a movie like that. But he does. I mean, Kurt Russell and him do actually. I'd love to see them in a movie together. Actually, yeah. they do have that sort of uh, you know that same sort of bro kind of you know vibe. To they them. were in a movie together. 
oh my god, yeah, Furious <laughs> 7. I would love to see them in another movie together, like a Furious 8. Thank you should, for reminding me. They should me. do like a, just a movie where it's just those two guys. Yeah, I'd that's kind of what I want. It's those two guys like just having coffee. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, by the way, uh, uh, The Rock's biggest solo movie, as I said, was San Andreas. 55 million last weekend. Nice. Aloha, Cameron Crowe's much maligned movie, and apparently justifiably so, bombed in uh, sixth place with just under 10 million. I mean, wah, wah. that movie, if there could have been less advertising for that movie, it would have been like, I don't know, I don't know it was like. Emma Stone as uh, <laughs> Captain Ng. She's supposed to be half Chinese, half Swedish. And all in love with Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I just didn't. Uh, I just saw no good press for that, and and they really didn't do that did. much press at all. And that was another victim too of the Sony hack, because those emails of them saying what a turn, <laughs> like yeah. cut out there. So that was, you know, that alone was was uh, was rough. Um, I feel bad for Cameron Crowe though, because he's had such a good track record, and then just to have. Yeah, well, like between the, that and Elizabeth Town, I mean, a lot of people are saying he's kind of like. It's kind of like Michael Mann having his last few stumbles. It's a lot yeah. of those directors who were really hot in the 90s and early 2000s are having Oliver Stone too, like having a rough time of it. Like yeah, I finding mean, that kind of their their ground again. Crow's last really good movie, really big movie was Almost Famous, and I feel like that's. Yeah. I wasn't even that nuts about Vanilla Sky. Yeah, I liked the, I, I liked Vanilla Sky. I I feel like it's. Not as good as Almost Famous, though. Almost oh, Famous yeah, is Almost like Famous a, is awesome. A way more complete movie. And also Vanilla Sky, you know, you have to compare it to the original Abre right. Los Ojos, and that was, like, really... The two drop in the Spanish over here. I mean, what? Captain Redbeard. Yeah, so, I mean, and which was a good movie as well. It, it, yeah. I, I actually think the re I think Vanilla Sky's remake was very serviceable, but it just, you know... Yeah. What was the need for it? Um, I want to talk about some Star Wars rumors, because... Keeping it real wouldn't be keeping it real without Star Wars Slinging and superheroes. some Star Wars hash. So, again, rumors. Uh, one rumor is that the second anthology film, yes, we've heard it, it's a Boba Fett movie. But, again, this rumor coming around that it's going to be a Han Solo Boba Fett movie about basically the first time that they cross paths and why Han Solo's a wanted man by the time we meet him in A New Hope. My favorite, my favorite... Part of that whole rumor was Bosk is going to be a key part of that movie. I, that man, <laughs> like the dude I love the, me the boss with the lizard toes. He's you know? dude. He's a lizard in a flight suit. What's not to love? There's I nothing. have a Bosk figure on my desk. I love Bosk. So, if that turns out to be true, it's interesting. Oh, I totally want to audition for Bosk. <laughs> do How it. How much acting do I need? Yeah. I oh, you got the role. You just did it. I did it. Can do who, vocal performance. Who can do Han Solo? Like, who is good for well, Han Solo? Well, one rumor was Aaron Paul, which is all wrong. I love Aaron Paul, but no, no, no. And I mean, be. honestly, Chris Pratt, but you can't. He's already playing him in Guardians, and he's yeah. up for the indie thing. I don't know. I mean, Pratt is perfect for Pratt, me. Like, Bradley is Cooper, it like? I don't know. I mean, could do unknown. it. Um, somebody in the comments actually said this. Uh, this the guy who plays Seth in House of Cards looks a lot like Han Solo. He he's the he's the press guy that came in in the second oh, season. I didn't um, really get through the second. Season. Oh, so he 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 Do looks similar to or? I don't remember the actor's name, and he looks similar to Harrison Ford, but um, I don't. I, he just has not shown that like do playfulness. You, do you need a star though for ha Han Solo, or should you just be an unknown? Here's the other question. Oh, here's the other thing I'll throw out there. 
you know, much like Bond, I don't feel like you need to necessarily make Han Solo look like Harrison Ford, even if you're trying to imagine that continuity. If it's just, uh, to me, it's enough if you say this is Han Solo. You know, like Josh Gad. Yeah, <laughs> Josh Gad <laughs> put him in there. He would love it. He's a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I don't know. They're like, I would say, like, just get the best person for the job. Um, actually, you know, what might be kind of interesting, and you may disagree with me completely. Is Aaron Taylor Johnson? I think he's wood in this hell. You think he's wooden as hell? The only thing I liked oh, him in true. really was Kick-Ass and, and um, Nowhere Boy. He was mm -hmm. really going to know Nowhere Boy where he played young John Lennon, but nah. I'd nah. be interested. I mean, he, To me, he was, the, he was the weakest one in Avengers 2. I'm, I'm, uh, there's this part of me, you know, speaking about these, uh, these anthology films, and we're, I know we're going to get the other rumor. There's this part of me that's like, can we just get away from the core characters in these films? I'd like to. You know, think, Rogue One seems like it's on a really good track with that. Yeah. But like, I, I think, you, do you think part of the reason is that these are characters that sell merchandise? Partially, and you're yeah. You're not going to be able to keep selling it on 74 year old or however old he is now, Harrison Ford's back anymore. Yeah. So you want to reintroduce a whole new generation of these characters and then milk that for another 30 years. Yeah, possible, but you know, you could also, it's Star Wars, that machine drives a lot, you know. It like, is a galaxy for, for a <laughs> lot of places you can go. And, but you know. I mean, like, it will drive its own merchandising if you do the story right. Um, so, uh, and I, f I feel like, you know, the prequel characters are beloved by the generation that grew up with them. Yeah. Um, but when you, but the original characters, you're right, are yeah. just so like carry through the whole thing and you can sell stuff along the way. But I would love, Brandon I would love Ralph for them to. Han Solo. Oh, interesting. He's too big, I think, but no. yeah. I, I feel I like. I just caught a lot of hate for even suggesting that. <laughs> Brandon Routh, yeah. yeah. I like Brandon Routh a lot, though. I think yeah. he's just, a, he's looks like one of the nicest guys I think I've Oh, yeah, in he's really, he's a sweet guy. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's this part of me that's just like, get away from the, the old characters. Yeah. Uh, well, if you guys have any thoughts about who should play Han Solo, and don't say Chris Pratt because he's not going to do we it. We just said it, and you shouldn't. Yeah, so don't do that. He won't uh, do it. Come up with somebody else, and let us know in the comments below. We're actually, I'm really curious to see, like, there could be, it could be, you know, somebody who's on, and don't say Nathan Fillion either. No <laughs> Nathan Fillion and no Chris Pratt. Table those, those two. Are the come rules. up with other people. Those are the rules of this challenge. <laughs> and let us know in the comments about who you think should play Han Solo. Uh, now, the other rumor, Star Wars rumor, is that Disney is trying to bring back Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi for a whole new trilogy. An Obi-Wan-centric trilogy because we never had that before. Yeah, I feel like, uh, <laughs> well, um, I actually think that uh, he'd be down for that. And I think he would be, but do we need a whole trilogy, maybe one movie? Like, part of the rumor is that he would be like, Looking out for a little little Skywalker, you know, <laughs> but they'd have to explain why at a certain point he's just like, all right, he's growing up and chasing womp rats. I'm just gonna go hide in my cave. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go chill in the cave and I'm gonna pawn him off on Baru. <laughs> yeah, my well, homie. he's already dropped them off. <laughs> oh the yeah, end, true. At that's the true. end of uh, Sith, so yeah. Yeah, that's true. I forget about that, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I I feel like that it is the rumor with a capital R because oh, yeah. I, I don't know how developed that is, and the fact that it would be a trilogy and tying it to the prequels, which they clearly are trying to sidestep yeah. from, but like. I think that's maybe a road too far, but um, I would like. I wouldn't mind. I should say. I don't know if I'd like. I wouldn't mind seeing Ewan McGregor reprise that role if they're going to do it's it. Something, yeah. Um, but I, but it kind of goes back to What about putting him in old age makeup as the Alec Guinness era? 
mm. Obi Wan. Maybe, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna go on to uh, Tatooine, yeah, he could be there. Maybe he makes Han Solo forget that he ever met him, and then somewhere, you know, he comes back and finds yeah. this guy because he knows at some point I need a ship. Yeah, yeah. And Chewbacca is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the interesting thing about that that uh, Han Solo um, rumor also is that we would see like younger Chewie as well in that story, and we would <laughs> get going to be a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Chewie puppy. That'd be awesome. That's right. But uh, yeah, I'm. I, I mean, the Obi Wan one, I think, is like take that with a big grain of salt. I actually think they probably are developing the Han Solo one. Yeah, something tells me like you want to get, you want your action hero back out there. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens with. Uh, the older Han Solo in Force Awakens or Episode Eight, something tells me he's only in the one. Yeah, I mean, um, I think there, yeah. you know, there's a probably shelf life on all of the um, first series characters because I think that they're, you know, they're, they're. I think they're gonna. We don't know how how much they're gonna be in these movies. They could yeah. just be in for cameos or whatever. Yeah, um, but we'll see. I mean, I I, I think too. Like, part of the thing with Han Solo is you could do. You really can go and have a bunch of adventures uh, that can take place in, in some, you know, not clearly defined era. Yeah. But you can't do anything with young Luke that isn't going to directly tie into his story. You can't yeah. really do anything with Leia either that isn't going to. But with Han and Lando and Chewie, you can have, like they did in the EU, like just have them running around on adventures and stuff like that. And also, I mean, this week, spoiler if you follow comics but you haven't heard about this. Okay. Do you care? Do you know? No, I know, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Han Solo has a wife. Yeah. And the Star Wars comics, which are put out by Marvel, which is owned by Disney, so it's all canon. So Han Solo has a wife at the time of A New Hope. Uh, yeah. So maybe she could pop up in there and could see young Lando show up in this movie too. I feel like that marriage in the comics is um, is a smokescreen in a way. Like I feel like it's one of those situations where it's like, oh, I have this wife, but it came from these other weird so circumstances. Do you think it's going to be like a Blues Brothers with Carrie Fisher as John Belushi's <laughs> wife? I hope it plays out just like that. Be like, I think it might. Soup back from the cleaners. There was locusts of flood. I swear <laughs> to God, you know? so good. Um, I don't think that that. I don't think that that marriage is going to last very long in the yeah, comics. Yeah. Um, and I think it, you know it's a big deal right now. But um, it's it's actually a bit of like retrofitting for that character too. Like it's like it. And kind we don't of know why he got married. Maybe maybe it was a matter of necessity. Maybe yeah. we He's don't know. You know, trying to get his green card on Alderaan. Exactly. I kind of I kind of joked about that uh, in one video. Maybe it was the only way to save his skin was. You must marry my daughter and become yeah. my heir and whatever, and then he By screws the way, off out of town. Every time that happened in an old movie, I was like, "Really? You want this guy to marry your daughter? <laughs> like to do this thing? Like it, yeah. it always seemed like a stupid plot contrivance to me." Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, that's about it on the news front. Let's talk about opening this weekend. We have Spy, the Melissa McCarthy movie that also has Jason Statham and Rose Byrne and Jude Law. Got. You know, it's getting great reviews, including from our own Lucy O'Brien. I saw something like 94% on yeah, Rotten Tomatoes last time I It's a really well-regarded yeah. movie. Uh, I saw it a few months ago at CinemaCon. I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as everyone else, but it, it was cute. It was fun. Uh, Entourage, which I haven't heard anything good about. Yeah. 
And then Insidious Chapter 3 also opening this weekend, and our review is now up on the site, and we give it a positive review. And uh, outside of that, I'm also hearing decent things about it. So yeah, our, our own Chris Tilly from the UK, who's a big horror fanatic, is uh, was really interested, or really really liked that movie. Uh, let's see. Now, Spy is tracking at in the 40 million range, uh, with San Andreas coming in second place around 25. Insidious a ahead of Entourage, 25 to 18 million. Again, these are just predictions based on industry tracking. I don't know. Entourage, do you think that is just an opening night, opening day, front-loaded thing, and then it's just going to plummet? I don't, really I don't really feel like there was any appetite for that movie. I don't really know what the appetite is. It's a weird one because... It, it happened later than I think everybody wanted it to, you know, yeah, in terms so of what, Entourage. The show went off, like, what, four years ago? Yeah, and, and I feel like if it, that two years would have been about the sweet spot, you know, yeah. people would have been like, oh, I'm clamoring for this. I think the world has changed, like, tastes have changed in that time, yeah. too. Like, I feel like people have less and less sort of, like, I, I don't think anybody has any patience for the Entourage guys right now. You yeah, know, like, yeah. it's just like, eh, what do we need this for? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I could see that opening fourth, but I think there's maybe enough of a uh, uh, curiosity factor that it might be a horse race between See, that and Insidious. I, I don't think it's going to, you know, like the only other one you can kind of point to is Sex in the City, but that appealed to a different audience, yeah. you know, essentially half the population, <laughs> and I think I it was, I I think it was a far more, um, it was a far more well-regarded series, yeah. and, and there was just, I think it was an easier sell. I mean, these are story about four douchebag actors in LA. <laughs> a friend of mine who in his review, not on the site, but a, a guy at another site was like, if I wanted to see uh, undeserving D-bags bragging about their success, um, all I had to do is go to lunch here in LA. <laughs> like, I don't need to go see their movie, you know? Yeah, really, I mean, hey, you know, it's not as ubiquitous as you would think. There are certain spots where you can hear that stuff, but a lot, Hollywood. Of, in a lot of places in Hollywood, you don't run into that. But yeah, you can hear it if you want to. You yeah. can go to the places where that stuff is being talked about. People are, it's all machismo and, and all yeah. that loveliness. Um, but yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I said that I said they might compete, but now that I'm thinking about it, I think actually Insidious Three is probably going to do better. Yeah, I mean Insidious has the the horror movie kind of uh, factor to it, and also Entourage. Uh, how were the numbers when it was on the air? Yeah, it was okay, and I mean I think the finale did well, but like. It's not like it's not like you. It's not like a network show, right? Yeah. Where it's like it had this like you know. It's huge, not Star Trek like, or something where it's like it came from TV and now it's gonna dominate the theater. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it does. I, the fact that there's not really positive buzz out there about it is yeah. is is gonna hurt it. I think. Um, and uh, if if people came back and they were like, oh hey, this is a really fun way to do an entourage movie and it's great. Cool, but I kind of feel like it's going to be a, a, a two-hour episode. And it was done for, I think, I want to say it was like $30 million, um, but that's not including marketing. And if it only makes like 18 this weekend, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's kind of an uphill battle. I'm ch Just because of the law of the podcast, I'm checking the news real quick <laughs> to see if Spider-Man was cast. I don't want us to get hosed. Uh I love Let's that we're. See. I love that we're doing now. It's uh, now it's just a race against time. It is. I mean, basically, people. Here, I'm actually. I'm going to check Marvel.com. Do it. I have to. I, I just. I. I can't deal with this if it. If it breaks right as soon as we leave. <laughs> um, no. Well, we're in the clear, which nothing, means we're not in yet, the clear at all. Which means it's bound to happen in about <laughs> 20 minutes. So, uh, all right. Well. 
Uh, that'll about do it for this week's podcast. We'll be uh, back next week with the reader email and all that, Jasmataz, and Roth will be back next week. Um, so, again, want to hear what you got to say about um, Tell us everything about that we talked about. What do you think, what do you think Entourage is going to do? Spider-Man's girlfriend, all that jazz. Let us know. Star Wars rumors. Who should play Han Solo that isn't Chris Pratt or Nathan <laughs> Fillion? Because neither of those are going to happen. So, let us know in the comments. And for all things movies, keep it here on IGN.